y'all. Welcome to another episode. I just wanted to tell you that, did you know that you can join us live each week? All you have to do is sign up for the newsletter at rechargingyou.com. It's right under the hero image. Sign up, be part of the list, join us live. And did you know that we are supported by people like you, patrons? If you want extra content delivered to you or to patrons only, you can join and sign up at patreon.com slash Diane Gibbs. And on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Design Recharge. This is episode 316. And today is jam-packed. I already apologized to Brian because I haven't gotten to redo Little Bird Communications yet. And that's the one he did the audit on. And hopefully you guys got to see this. Because to me, this was so critical. And when I built Recharging You, I totally put these things in but I, into place, but I still have questions. And Brian has the heart, biggest heart, and I love it because he tells it like it is. I don't need a lot of fluff. Anyway, so I'm really excited for you guys to meet my friend Brian Harper. And um, so Brian, you started out as a designer, and well, then you- actually, I started out in architecture. Okay, even, even more anal. Started out in architecture, and then went to design, and then you've been in kind of the industry of SEO since its inception. It was called since, something else, right? Well, it was, it was just optimization. It was very simple. And you were talking like 1999 and everybody was using tools to, to, you know, you were gaming the system. You weren't, there wasn't, you know, a clear roadmap or there wasn't a clear schema. You were just, you were just playing games with, with the search engines. And, and back then, you know, Google wasn't a thing, you know, Google wasn't a thing. It was Yahoo and uh, whatever, Ask Jeeves. And, yeah, and, I remember and, that and, one. And, and, uh, and, you know, AltaVista and stuff like that, right? So, yeah, it was just uh, all these goofy, now dead search engines. Well, I think Ask Jeeves, is, ask, Ask.com is still popular in Europe. I'm not sure. All right, but well, yeah. maybe uh, Fred can tell us from Belgium. There you go. You can let us know. All right, so you consider you call yourself a SEO consultant, right? I was like, well, what do you call yourself? Yeah, I do a lot of different stuff. That's one of the things I do. But yeah, it's uh, one of the things I've done in longevity, yeah. Okay. All right, so and you work for yourself. Mm-hmm. You have clients all over. Can all you over. give us a little bit of your background story? And what made you start getting interested in SEO way back? Well, it was, you know, we were doing web design and, um, you know, since I guess it was 96, the, uh, this is the, the it's reversed, but it's yeah. No, it's not killer, reversed. We see killer, it correctly. Creating, creating killer websites, uh, which was David Siegel's book. And it was a way to use tables. We use tables to design. Um, but he found out a way to use a transparent GIF to move stuff around in Internet Exploder. I mean, Explorer. And, um, and so all we had was that. And then Netscape came along and fixed some things. But we were designing in tables and putting, we were doing slices. Back in the day, uh, Photoshop, you did slices and you put slices into boxes of the table and you did your spans and stuff like that to get it to work. Well, that was all well and good, but we wanted to try to, you know, I mean, 
everybody started out the same place. We were keyword stuffing. We were masking text because there were no rules. It was the wild west. So we, and I, I'm just telling you my mom's here, so we're going to keep it G-rated for her. Of course, she probably thinks keyword stuffing is a bad word. Oh, I don't know. no, it's not. <laughs> keyword stuffing can you is just, tell us? Can you tell us what some of those things, those terms you just said, what masking, is that? Masking would be if you put uh, keywords that you wanted to rank for or wanted to get traffic for, you would put them in the body you would put them in the background of your website and, and make them white. If the background of your website was white, you would mask those words by making them white. So only if you took your mouse and scanned down through the background of the site, would you see them, but they were there and it was a way to gamify getting, um, you know, traffic to your website. Because and then, it was content that the search engines were thinking was content on your page, right. but it really wasn't. Right. And uh, stuffing is just uh, basically you take a keyword and back in the day you could make it, you could make this work where it would be like, you know, Diane is the best designer in Mobile and Mobile loves her. And if you ever visit Mobile, go, you know, see her. And if you ever eat dinner in Mobile, go and, you know, check out that, you know, it was just, and that's stuffing, you know, you're overdoing it and it's not natural language, but back then it was fine. Right. And actually got you lift. Okay. So, and this has changed how oh, you get lift yes. changes all the time. So this is the, one of the reasons. So I, uh, Brian and I had this conversation and then we just got to be good friends because he's such, we could talk about lots of things. He has lots of interests. He's super smart. He's just a great guy. So, but one of the things I wanted to ask you is why, how, because you've been a part of the industry for so long, what are some of the shifts you've seen and how has, like, you also said keyword density. So is keyword density like using mobile multiple times? Well, it's, when I was talking about that, it was in reference to a lot of people like, the, if you're in WordPress, a lot of people like uh, the Yoast tool. And the problem with the Yoast tool is the, the, uh, the usage behind it was one of the things they used to use a lot and still do is keyword density for the rating of whether they give you a green light, orange light, or red light. And that's been depreciated for, hope that's the right word, um, you know, for three years to five years, whatever, whoever you talk to, but you know, so it's not, you know, I'd rather see people write to context and relevancy for the people they want to reach out to versus, you know, a machine language type of thing where you, Oh, I got the green light. I'm good to go where you're satisfying a criteria that's no longer completely valid. Right. So, you know, write, write for, write and do content for people. Don't do it for a machine. Hmm. That's, that's great. So some, there are some tools we can use and that's yes. not a bad tool. It's just, you have no. to, you have to know what's out of date. Right. right? Yeah. Fred okay. just said that, uh, Fred just said that ask.com is dead in Europe. So. Okay. It's All right. So one of the questions I wanted to just get from the beginning 
And mom, this one might not be the best show for you today. You just, you're, it's going to, he, she doesn't feel good either. People, let's pray for my mom today. She's doesn't like goldenrod. Goldenrod doesn't like my mom. Um, allergies, I guess. Okay. I guess. So the difference between paid um, advertising or right, paying for getting Google rankings or whatever, and then organic SEO. Okay. Well, paid is, the short game. And if you, you know, there's a lot of people that can play both paid and search, you know, organic, but paid is once you're, you know, if you don't have another campaign stacked behind it, it drops off when your campaign ends. You know, when, if you choose to end your campaign, uh, you know, but it escalates you, it gives you a lot of lift because you're in front of a lot more people as long as you're now there's criteria to that, right? There's quality score and things like that, um, that, you know, uh, we can get into in a deep dive, but, uh, the, the bird's eye view of this is that you're going to try your content is going to get you organic lift. Okay. So what organic SEO gets you is you're looking at, you know, six months, some people, depending on content, a year, okay? But you get longevity out of it, right? It's, you know, that's where your evergreen content can live, right? And then there's content on two different sides. There's blogging, and then there's the site content, which is more marketing speed. All right, so let's, let's get into this. Um, so if somebody needs Lyft quick, paying for um, some Google AdWords, would, is that a good use of some money? It, uh, it really depends on your budget, okay. right? Because if you have a, uh, like a good budget, uh, is what we type out a good budget is like, uh, you know, 1300 a month because but what kind of company, what kind of company would, would be able to spend like 1300 a month on something? like a, like a midsize company, like, how much you know, are they more, making like, a year? That would be a good question because they don't always tell you. Okay. Sorry, um, I should have put these questions in the thing, right? Yeah. Sorry. But it, no, I, I, I like organic questions. Um, the, the biggest thing is you're going to pay somebody, you know, probably 350 to 500 on that budget to get you where you want to be. And you have a considerably more leeway with that budget because you can, a strategy, just, just to put this out there, a strategy for that budget is that you can run two weeks of broad match keywords and get more keyword ideas. Whereas if you have a $300 budget, you have to use exact match keywords. You're not going to get as many, uh, as much feedback in keyword ideas. So you have to do your keyword research much better in like uh, SEM rush and the ad uh, Google ads uh, keyword uh, planner, you know, and the problem now is, is that you have to supply a funding source to, uh, to do Google ads before you can even, before you can even use the keyword planner. Keyword planner used to be free, but it used to be terrible. Now it's good, but it's not you. Technically it is free. You just have to put a funding source in and start a campaign, but you have to make sure you don't launch the campaign. It can be just any old campaign, you're not going to run it. 
that's what I'm saying. You're not going to run it. So I'm going real basic. Okay. Because sometimes I get confused. So so I'm thinking keywords. You're talking about words that I would type into Google to find a dentist. Okay. Let's just, no, No, not that. Okay. See, I don't know. There's a a difference between keywords and search terms. Oh. Right. Tell me. Okay. So search terms are what people type in and you want them to closely be relevant to your, your keywords, right? But okay. what's a keyword then? A keyword is what you want them to find you for, not oh. what they're searching for. Cause they don't necessarily know what they're searching for to, you know, it goes back to the funnels thing where it, it, when people say awareness, some people mean brand awareness. Some people mean problem awareness. The old timey scheme of a funnel was, are they aware they have a problem? Are they solution aware? Things like that. So it's, it's a thing where, you know, that's the difference between search terms and keywords. You have to try to marry them together. There are people, there are baby boomers that type paragraphs into the Google search engine box. That's how I find people who um, plagiarize. I just copy mm-hmm. some of their thing right. and I'm like, I don't think that kid wrote that. And then I just type it into Google and then I'm like, huh, that's somebody, they didn't write that. Somebody else wrote that. Anyway, uh, so baby Fred, boomers. I'm sorry. Fred is asking if you can interrupt with questions. Yes, I said. Any, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, there it is. I didn't see it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Back so, on track. Okay. So, Look, something shiny. <laughs> Hey, that's okay. I, I took my medicine today, so maybe I'll there be focused. There you focused. go. Can okay, you send me so, some? <laughs> I don't think so. I think that's illegal. Um, so, <laughs> Brian, uh, so, okay, so you're trying to marry search terms and then what I want to be known for. So let's talk about, so if it's a, if I'm solving a problem, it's not really my brand, Little Bird Communications is going to get out there. What I'm really trying to solve a problem is to help people um, build uh, clearer websites that help get whatever people their message across right okay so that's really a problem right i'm solving yeah i think so okay instead of like trying to be oh little bird communication have you heard a little bird oh they make great soda well that's more yeah that's more brand oriented and you know you do that in display ads and don't expect the roi on that is in brand equity right it's not tell my mom what roi is Return on investment. Okay, we'll be using that term ROI from now on, just yes. in case anybody didn't know that. Okay, so hey, some people don't, you know, That's like right. I would hate for people hey, to be like, you I know, don't know we anything. Can, that- we can get very granular here. Okay, so we're marrying search terms, what my mom might be typing in, and then what I want to be known for. So what? how would um, me as a web designer try to do that? Well, uh, you would utilize free tools. You know, you can, there's free tools and then there's freemium tools that have a free version or a limited use over time version. Like SEM rush has like a limited usage per day or week. Right. And then you have to go back and do it later. Um, if you didn't get everything done, but you know, uh, Uber suggest is great. Uh, Neil Patel's uh, thing because you can go in and you can do a lot of things with that tool. You can do, you can match up, uh, you can, you can find content for SEO there and you can also find your, you can, it also helps you find your audience. 
based on the search terms that you use. So, you know, it's, um, it's, it's not easy. If it were easy, anybody can do it. Right. Right. You got to put the time in and that's, that's really what I try to do is help people with that. Because if you're a single person, if you're a, whatever a solopreneur or whatever you want to call it, you know, do you have, how much time do you have in a day? You know, you have client work to do, right? So yes. that you got to pay bills, you know, and that's, you know, some people don't necessarily understand that, you know? So yeah, it's, do I, you know, it's, it's it becomes this thing where it's when I get to it, you know, because it's only you or you and somebody else, like maybe of an admin or something. And, you know, um, so yeah, it gets a little cumbersome, uh, but you know, there's, uh, I really didn't kind of have anything prepared for this, but there are, you know, you can get, you can find, you can, with between a, like two or three tools, you can find about 600 to 1200 keywords in about five, five minutes. Okay. Wow. If you know, if you know what you're doing, you know what audience you're going after, you know, but the other side of it is, is that even the audience you're going after, we've seen in analytics that there's been a subset or another, you know, demographic that's stronger. See, so you, you know, you never know what you're going to get necessarily because it's the web. You know? Right. So we got two questions from the audience. I'm going to ask Jason's first because it's kind of with these keywords. So how do we make sure our keywords are optimized to be relevant to search terms? Like what would someone, what would, what are some steps somebody would take to do that? Well, I would say that one thing that, uh, you know, you could do, and it's a little tedious and there are some tools that can do it. But if you have a search term, you put the search term in the search engine, you know, Google live, you know, the, the live search engine and you type an A after it and that will automatically populate what somebody turned. This, this is live data. This is the last thing that somebody searched with an A after it. So it's not aggregate data like some of the other tools, it's live data. So if you type a B after your search term, like a couple of weeks ago I was helping, uh, you know Bob, I was helping Bob with apathy and stuff. So you, you would do design apathy and an A and it would autofill, you know, it would backfill what, what, what came after A and what came after B. And, you know, you go down through that, you know, uh, alpha through, you know, Zulu and, you know, you, you can write down, or like I said, there's tools like Uber suggest and some other, you know, ask the people is really good as well, but that's the way you can kind of get some ideas for content or get some ideas on how to, who to attract and what the trending, you know, even Google trends to some degree is aggregate data. Okay. What's so, aggregate data? Uh, it's not, it's not live data. It's, it's average data. Okay. It's data that's been averaged out to, you know, to, uh, in a certain amount of time. Okay. So you said Google ask is another, I've never even heard of that one. No, uh, no, it's not, uh, um, it's, um, Google trends, Google trends. I'm sorry. Yeah. See, I can't even write it down. You're talking too fast. Sorry. Okay. No, no, no. You're not really talking fast. I mean, just, it's a lot of information. I'm trying to get everything down. Okay. So then we're going to go to Fred's and then we're going to go back to content. Cause I think that's kind of where I wanted to go next. And, um, 
anyway. So Fred asked, what's the difference between using Wix, Webflow, and WordPress regarding SEO? Are there limitations within these platforms? We'll ask that part um, right now. He said, everybody's been using Webflow more lately, but I'm liking Wix. It's basic. I think they're limit, they're customized, whatever. Uh, Wix is, uh, if you know code, you know, Wix isn't bad, but it's still not fantastic. There are people that are doing, you know, technical SEO, great, but it doesn't reflect in, in, in the results pages. I used to be a big uh, part of the Webflow forums a couple of years ago. And, uh, you know, you, you would tell people what to do with SEO and they would just, they would ask you, but they didn't want to hear the answer. That's what it was like. They because it's too much answer. work? It was too much work or, you know, I'm very straightforward. So if something's non-functional, right? Like I said, relevance and context. If something's not functional, if you make something back in the day, in the 90s, we used to call it dancing baloney. If ah. you put, if you put, like it was the sparkly GIFs, animated mm -hmm. GIFs and stuff. And if you put dancing baloney on a site and it actually shields your content from the person trying to get to it, mm. it's not very good. So, but Webflow has come a long way. Um, you know, they've taken their hits along the way, but um, initially when they started implementing Google Analytics and stuff like that, um, and you know the SEO piece, it didn't really go well. But I, I've heard that uh, I have a friend that works for them. Um, she lives in Portugal, and she works for them. She was hey, part Andre's of the forums. in Portugal. He's here. Oh. Hey, Andre. Okay, keep going. Um, but uh, you know, a lot of their, a lot of their people that were, were users have now become part of the company. Mm. So it's kind of a weird dynamic there now, but in a way it's good because they saw the problems and then they became part of the company. So now they're solving the problems from the inside out mm. and the SEO piece is one of them. Um, I still think that regardless of what platform you're on, you still have to follow, you know, it, for lack of a better term, best practices. I am not a huge fan of that term, but that's what you get. You know, and as long as you follow those and, you know, really it goes over into content uh, after that. But, you know, the the video that I made for you is the low hanging fruit technical SEO. And I think we spell I spelled out, you know, the reasons that we want to see H1 tags and H2 tags and stuff like that. But I'm not really I'm not going to say necessarily that one platform is is uh, strong over another what i'm going to say is make your you know strengthen your game and you know learn learn seo uh and and do it right you know and i don't think you're gonna have any problems but wix is still a little wonky okay all right so we understand paid organic would be, it's going to be a long game, right? You're not going to get a, maybe a new client next week if you're starting a blog. So this could be, this is very frustrating for people who maybe have more time and not as much money 
because they need to see the result. But really, it's right. a long game for all of this, right? So you're creating right. content, and that means um, blog posts or video. Uh, right. So we're going to get into some of that. Specific. Well, the ideal, the perfect storm is running organic side by side with with Google Ads, right? Okay. Because you're getting the best of both worlds, and then eventually maybe you can trail off or channel your ad spend into something else. Okay. okay. Right. Okay. So, so is it important if I want to have, and this is another side question I didn't put on the sheet. Um, if it's important that I want to do work in, um, in, I'm just going to, uh, do it for Mario. So if Mario wants to do work in Hawaii, is it mm -hmm. really important that he has Hawaii a lot in his, um, in his site? Well, it's kind of the first tier of what I talk about account setups. Uh, the first tier of that is go to Google My Business and put your information in, okay? Because that's one of the, you know, anchors of local SEO. So right? we all should be doing that, no matter yeah. what. We should yeah. all go to Google because My Business. What that benefits you in, I'm sorry for cutting you off. No, good. Keep going. Um, what that benefits is if you go into Google Ads, once you do that, it gives you a location uh, add-in for your, for your ads once you do that. But if you don't do that, you don't see the location, you don't get the benefit of doing location-oriented ads. Okay. And most people don't know that. And why would, you? why would you? How would you put that together? Why would you have that expectation? So it's, you know, it's, it's kind of like what I was saying about the funding source to get into you know, the keyword planner and stuff like that. You, you know, one, it's Google and, you know, you have to, you have to uh, kowtow to the Google gods. Yeah. All right. So Doc has a question. Doc's hey. in North Carolina. Um, he, he said, I'd heard about putting search words in and key terms in image descriptions that that helps. Is that true? Like yes. pizza bird, Redicus, North Carolina, illustrator.png. Like in, that's not a description. That's the name though, buddy. That's the name of the file. Yeah. You can do it both ways. Okay. You can do it. You can do it in like in WordPress, you have a description box. Okay. But you can do it in the alt tag or you can do it in the naming, the naming, anything you can do to put information out there. That's not, you will not get penalized for, for naming that, you know, for naming that PNG file that way. You will not take a hit for that. That's just smart. How would you take a hit? Uh, you only usually take hits on like duplicate content. And even then it's very difficult now to be hit. It, like if you, uh, if you publish like something similar on a different website uh, or the same piece from your website, it shows up on another website. But even then Google's smart enough now, back in the day you would get immediately penalized. But now Google's smart enough now that they don't do that. That's the they, term for this time. If if we were drinking and this was a drinking day, game, we would be like, every time Brian says back in the day, right? Don't spit your water out. I'm just playing. It's just being funny. Um, but I love that. I just love you, you know, so it's hopefully. Okay, yep. so duplicate content. I'm just trying to be. Huh. Yeah. Okay, anyway, so duplicate content. Let's dig into that. So say I've written an article. You've already told me how to fix this, so I want you to tell them. So I've written an article and I put it on my website and then, mm -hmm. or maybe I don't have a lot of traffic on my website. So nobody's coming to my website to see it. So maybe I write it on medium 
and then maybe yeah. what would I do? I wouldn't want to have the same content on Medium. And you told me what I should do. Can you tell them? You, do you remember? You could, you could do it uh, in two in two parts, right? And have it feedback because SEO, a large part of SEO is links. Okay, links is what gets you authority. Okay, mm. so what you know, do you mean? That's, Sorry, I'm sorry to break it no, down. You're no, you're fine. Authority is establishing page rank and site rank and what those numbers look like. If you get to 10, put it this way, like YouTube, Google, Amazon have 100. So that's the daunting piece of this. So if you have 10 and you want to get to 20 in page rank or site rank, it's the time it took you, like you might start at 10, the time it takes you to get from 10 to 20 is going to be exponentially longer. It's going to take you like four times longer. And then from 10 to 20, you know, think about going from a bicycle to a car, that analogy. So what's going to happen is that that might take nine times more. It's not, it's not a even regimented thing. It, it is what it is. Okay. So, you know, and authority is established through quality links back to your website. So that's that means so that means if if I had um, uh, something that was going to Creative South, and maybe Creative South ranks higher. So then, and then they pointed something to me. So say I was a a sponsor, and they pointed to me, then that would be because I was paying for my sponsorship, mm -hmm. that would be a good link because that would be like, hey, they- It's a quality site. Right? It's yeah. a reputable quality site. It, and I was talking in, in this morning uh, during the pro call about that, um, you know, if you can get five to seven quality links a month, you're hitting home runs. Okay. I mean, obviously get as many as you can, but if you can get five good quality links from outreach, from just outreach, you know, but if you, you know, that's the benefit of what I always, uh, you know, I'm always an uh, evangelist for blogging with other people because now you can cross pollinate between everybody's website. Okay. And so, so that goes back to the Quora and the medium thing where you write part two or part one on those platforms, so they have to go to your site to get part two. Because right. the Medium or the Quora is gonna be a more reputable site, or mm -hmm. per, and it's gonna have more traction because, right. um, okay. Well, it's, it's, it's an influencer site, right? It, it's not one person, it's just, it's a reputable site, okay? And they have more authority than you do, okay? So, well, back in the day we used, again, drink, everybody drink, <laughs> um, we used to, you know, we used to call it barnacle marketing, where I'm going to, a barnacle attaches to a boat and goes where the boat goes. Or, you know, there's fish that stick on the side of sharks and stuff and eat the scraps. Right. You know, but is that, you know, the idea is that the barnacle goes where the boat goes. So if, if, if the boat lifts and gets amplification, you do too. You benefit from that. Okay. So you're borrowing a certain percentage of their authority to bolster yours. And that's a, that's an old timey schema. And I didn't use back in the day. I know, um, but you know, it works, you know, and that's just it. 
if there's one takeaway today, if you are not building relationships, you're doing it wrong. Hmm. That's my opinion, but it, you know, I think it's shared pretty well. Okay. So if, if I wasn't building content and I was just having a conversation with you and then I said, Hey, do you want to write a blog post? And I would put it on my site or we do something like that together, or we have a group of people that do this. Then what you're mm -hmm. saying is that now all of us put it on uh, maybe the longer link thing on our site, right? Or the part two. Well, it's a thing where you can, uh, you could, you could anchor it on Quora. Or you could, you know, there's a lot of different things. Meaning that we've putting tried. it first, right? Anchoring right. means that's right. where it lives first. Okay. Yeah, that's where it lives. And then put, you know, the old timey blog post, single person blog post is no good because your mom and your uncle and your third cousin are reading, reading that. Mm, right. And who else? So you get a collective. You don't need, at the risk of torquing off some people, you don't need influencers anymore. Right. You just need like-minded people who want to have a conversation. Okay. We don't want to have a conversation of value in private. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's put it out there for other people to consume. It can be designers. It could be me and you and uh, a brand expert, a marketing expert from uh, the traditional side of marketing, you know, five people, little bios throughout the blog post or the video or whatever that is. Infographics to support what we're talking about. You know, things like that. Video is huge, obviously. Video is huge. All right, so Fred asked a question earlier and I'm getting to him, Fred. I think these are great questions. Good job, buddy. Um, is it true having vi a video on your homepage helps SEO? Um, it can. Uh, I would say that you want to, again, it goes to intent of the person that's coming to the site. Mm -hmm. You'll see a lot of that more so on a landing page. Um, but if you're explaining your process, I would say if you, this is why we split up service pages. We don't make one big service page. Mm -hmm. Don't do that make several service pages, call them out by name. And what we want to do is make an explainer video, like a three minute explainer video for each one of those. What is that? What does it mean? What do you do? Describe part of your process and, you know, create some interest there. Okay. And, you know, then you can, again, go into analytics and see what kind of engagement you're getting on the video. Okay. And if it's not engaging, you change it, right? But it has to speak to the people that are are coming to the site. All right. So if I so I'm reaching, I'm trying to reach design entrepreneurs or designers who have a side gig, a side hustle, or they're full time. That's all they do. They have a they're solopreneurs or they're scaling their business. Mm -hmm. If I started writing about, I don't know, mowers. This would not be the right, right? You have to no. keep, it's better if I keep my content um, niched down, well, right? It's, you know, it's really, it's really where you are in the business thing, right? Because we've had this conversation in, in a couple other groups that you and I share uh, membership in. You know, when you're hungry, when you're eating ramen noodles, 
you don't necessarily have the privilege of, um, you're welcome, Brian. Um, you don't really have the privilege of taking specific jobs. Right. You got to take what you can get because you got to bills to pay. You know, and that's why certain people at a certain level may have forgotten what that's like. Mm -hmm. Right. I, I remember it vividly. Okay. And yeah, because you can't, you can't have enough work and whatever the work is, as long as you have an idea, it's like uh, a friend of mine talks about in time learning, right? What's that First, In time learning is you learn it because you need to. Mm, you have a project. You want to, yeah, just in time learning. Uh, Matt talks of Matt, his name's Matt Hazard. Great guy. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, he talks about, you know, learning for longevity or learning just in case. He calls it just in case learning. And that is kind of lackadaisical because you don't know when you're going to use it. Right. Just in case I, this comes up, I'm going to use, I'm going to get this training or I'm going to do this. I'm going to learn this, however that looks like. But just in time learning is I need this yesterday. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, and the reason that it sticks with you is because uh, you need to learn it. Right. You don't have an option. And when you learn something, I've always found it's, e it's, it's much easier to learn something if you immediately start teaching it. Right. Okay. All right, guys, I'm going to tell you about Timely. Timely is the app that I use on my computer or I can use on my phone to track my time for each client, for each project, so then I know I'm not going over. But what I love the most is that there is the stalker option, or they call it the memory option. I actually prefer stalker option because I don't know why, because I think it's funnier. But the memory option remembers what I've been doing. It remembers what, what project I was working on and the name of it. And it remembers who I've been emailing or it remembers what, what I have had open and, and literally been working on at that time. And I love that. So if you can't remember or you forgot to log your hours, you can go back for forever and see what your time tracker was. So Timely remembers for me so that I don't have to. When you sign up with for Timely via this link, you will receive a 10% discount once you activate your subscription. And you actually are able to try Timely for 14 days before activating your subscription. It's paid um, to make sure that Timely is the right fit for you. It was for me. My friend Karina told me about it and I love it. So the link is bit.ly B-I-T dot L-Y slash D-R Timely like Dr. Timely, but all lowercase. You can find the link in the, um, down below. So, so I have a question. So if, if we're trying, we're designers, I'm thinking of a D in here, D and John are in here, D and John Ingalls, and they have a design firm and they are, they do um, all kinds of things. But so they, if they're doing um, packaging, then they probably need to talk about packaging or if they're doing app design, I know they do app design too. So they should have content that covers that so that the people who would be trying to learn or trying or doing those things could use them as a resource, right? You're trying to talk to those. You're not, she's not necessarily trying to talk to other designers because other designers aren't her, her audience unless right. she's trying to get work from maybe an agency. Right? right. But I, there's, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, if you 
if you're blogging, you could use a consensus. You know, well, you, you, you're looking for common ground. You know, you work off that thing Bob does with empathy and, you know, you could, you could put a post up, uh, you know, a blog post about what, what the worst clients ever had looked like. Don't be these people, things like Mm -hmm. that. But for packaging, you know, you could niche down into, if you wanted to, you could niche down into the type of packaging you do. You know, we only do hair care products, mm-hmm. right? So that becomes the the long tail keyword of stuff like that, right? Where you're you're beyond the bird's eye view. Now you're getting into the granular part of it, where you wanna you want you know some specific wins on you know different keywords or phrases, and that's really what keywords means. When we say keywords these days, we mean phrases. We don't mean like one keyword. Because it's like the chances of you ranking for cell phone, right? That that's dead. You're not going to get that, right? Or iPhone, you're not going to get that. So you know, you you give it context and relevancy to the people that are searching for it. Okay. I'm not I'm not sure if I answered your question. Well, you're covering a lot of information that are all things that I can use. So I think that there's some there's something in everything. So I, I want to just cover this question is from Doc again. And we kind of have covered it, but I don't really feel totally. So would duplicate content be like copy paste similar content for product descriptions? Is that going to or do we no. really need to spend time making nude product descriptions? No, the, 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 the biggest thing and this is kind of differentiated. In, in your meta descriptions, you want to have different content, but in products, okay, just as a contrast, in products, you can, you know, you can call it the color, you know, you could call it the color of the product. And if it's the same product, but a different color, you don't have to worry about that because, you know, first of all, it's going to be in a, in a storefront, you know, whatever WooCommerce or whatever that looks like, mm-hmm. um, you know, Machine learning and, and the AI of Google, you're way outside being penalized for that. Okay. You're fine. Are, okay. So I just want to make sure, I feel so stupid sometimes, but I know you think I'm okay smart. So it, I feel like I can ask you these questions. And I feel like this is a place where hopefully you guys feel like you can ask questions. So meta description. Yeah, is this that- is a safe space. I just want to say it's a safe space because there's no, you know, there's no wrong questions. So, you know, no matter what it is, let's get it out in the open and try to put it down. I just want to make sure I know. So if what I think is meta descriptions might not really be meta descriptions. So can you tell me where that is? Is there a meta descriptions for a page, but there's also meta descriptions for an image, right? Well, there's a description for a page for an image in WordPress and there's alt text for an image in HTML and they're different things. Okay. Um, because you're talking about a platform versus organic HTML. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, meta descriptions are in every HTML page. Okay. And the way I like to like people to approach it, um, is write your meta descriptions that, include, you know, if you can, your branding and write it like you would a Google ads ad, 
because it shows up in the SERPs. So what's the SERP? Uh, search engine result page. Okay. That's the SERPs. That's slang. Yeah, I'm getting all your slang out. Back in the day, people, just in case you hadn't had enough water. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but every, every page has a meta description, whether it be on a platform or whether it be uh, organic HTML. Or, so you, you know. you're trying to write something that would sell that page. So when they saw yeah, it, they'd be like, oh, yeah, and, this is for me. This is what I want. It's definitely marketing speak. Okay. okay. It's not, you know, necessarily – that's the difference – that's the two sides of the content, right? The website is, is your marketing speak, right? And the, your blog is you, you know, live without a net, maybe without a filter, whatever, you know? And that's, that's where you shine is who you are. You know, you got a freak flag fly it, but you know, just whatever that is. Okay. But, uh, you know, a lot of people treat content funnels as one-sided and there's really two, quite possibly three. What would they be? And then we're going to get to Amber's well, question. Well, it's, it's, uh, it's blog and then your, uh, your actual website content, which, you know, is a messaging, you know, to what it's you do. It's more static, right? You're not it's changing more, that yeah. all the time. Well, you can't because you can't change your message, right? Mm. You, you know, you have to get your value proposition right, uh, your mission statement. You know, again, I'm going to cover it again. If you do not have a mission statement, there's, and I'll have to dig it out, but there is definite research in the last year, three times the engagement if you have a mission statement. Okay? Can, do you need to call it? Me, me and you talked about this already, but you have to call it mission statement. Could you call uh, it core values or do you do all of them? Um. I would look at, I would look at all of it and see what speaks to you okay. because I don't, I don't really want to turn down the volume on any one thing. Okay. And you have to, you know, as creatives, the minute you're put in a box that stifles creativity. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't want to do that. So yeah, I wouldn't say look at, you know, I mean the, the, your value proposition is, is a must, but how you phrase, you know, your, uh, you know, your mission statement, whatever you call it. Mm -hmm. I would just, you know, I like mission statement cause it's, it's a common search term. Mm -hmm. And it's also about audience, your, right? right? So your audience might use the term mission statement you need to know what your audience is, is connecting with. The right? language. Yep. The language and verbiage that they're using. Okay. So we're going to jump ahead because I saw Dave Co. He asked this question and this is one of them. Dave's awesome. How you I doing, know Dave? Dave's awesome. All right. So mission statement, he says, you mean the content on your about page? Can you tell us this is one of your pet peeves is the about page. And this is maybe something that we're all doing a little bit wrong. Can you tell us, cause I want to get at the end here cause we're, on, we're almost out of time. Um, but maybe we can go a little over. Um, but you said some tips like, Hey, you should, and if you guys haven't watched the video, you can watch it at recharging you.com slash three one six, the video he made for me where he tears apart my site, which thankfully, um, and it's tips that you guys can use. Nobody should be using sliders anymore, right? I'm not, we're not going to go through all that stuff, but I, there's some things that 
um, he tells on that. And so Amber, think Amber watched it. She's like, he covered that in the video. And then Andre's like, I didn't get to watch that yet. I'm so sorry. Okay. So if you're talking about, um, about page, tell us some of the pet peeves or things that we should include on our about page. Well, uh, the about page I'd separate from the mission statement to answer Dave's, uh, question. Uh, two different concepts, I think. The about page, the way a lot of people write them is, you know, it's the team, and I'd rather see a team page for that. And, you know, it can be about, like, a lot of people do their pedigree and their mm -hmm. experience on the about page. I don't want to see any of that stuff on about page. I want it to be about me. Because I'm coming to your site. I want to know how you're going to, what, what have you done for people? What do you do for people? Maybe how you do it, okay? So it's it's a thing where the keyword that you're looking for is you. Or if you if that word is not in your about page, you're doing that wrong too. You know that's my opinion. But you know, speak to the people that come to your site. Okay, it's 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 a thing where you know I don't care about your pedigree on the front end. Maybe later on I'll look at that, but. You know, I'm, I'm a Dave Ramsey fan. So his thing is, I don't, you know, you can have a Harvard degree and then this guy could be from a community college. If the guy from the community college goes out, kills something and brings it back to the cave, he's my champion. He's my guy. The guy from Harvard, I don't care about. If he can't get that done, I don't care about it. Right. So, yeah, um, I want to know what you're going to do for me and how you're going to do it. And, you know, so your about page should be about maybe – and it depends. You have to sort it out, but it, it might be more about relationship on how we work together mm -hmm. or what I've done for other people and then link out to maybe some supportive case studies. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. Bolster that, you know, and there's a flow to a website. If you don't have a flow, a beginning and an end, a beginning, middle and an end to a website, start figuring that out because that goes to your funnel. Okay? One other thing you told me, um, I don't know, a long time ago. I think you told me this. Mm, if you didn't tell me this, mm, I don't know. Okay. Um, it was, you said, okay, if you're using testimonials, you should not just link to their website. You should link to social because it gives social proof. And social, can, Yeah. Social mentions are big. And that's really a schema that we took from landing pages, from dedicated landing pages. Don't have a testimonial page. Lace testimonials throughout your site do not make it a destination page because no one will go there because they know it's it's tilted in your favor so instead don't give them the option just put little blurbs in with people's picture and a link to their social profile now tell them that you're doing that right because right. yeah that might be an you know because people will reach out it's social so people will reach out to them and say, hey, is he really cool or is he a jerk? You know, that kind of thing. Okay. So um, this is a quick one, hopefully. Um, Fred asked, well, what, going back to the video on the homepage, well, what about a small animation and a logo on a homepage or landing page? Does that do anything for SEO? No. Okay. Next question. <laughs> All right. Amber asks, so, and she watched the video. So kudos to Amber. Um, are there any essential steps you would go through to make a site faster? Uh, similar to what we were talking about the other night when you were doing the minimization, uh, there's, there's a 
there's tools that will minim minimize uh, graphics and you will get no, it's not like the old timey days with the JPEGs and you get the more pattern. Mm -hmm. It's no more like that optimization tools. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different tools that you can use. You said, and, you told me short pixel. There's also yeah. JPEG mini. Yeah. These will uh, be in the, you know, in the, but you know, just, uh, you know, don't, don't shrink the content in HTML to fit the space. Shrink, shrink the content to fit, to fit the space. Okay. So what I'm saying is don't write HTML that shrinks it and puts it in a container at full size because, you know, Think about also think about people on mobile and what that looks like. So in mobile view, you have to take the video out, right? And, and you have to do a content strategy based on mobile. People don't realize that, but put, and you, you, that this is where analytics comes in again. You want to see what's performing well in mobile. Also understand that that's the way your site's indexed now by Google. And it has been for almost a year. So if you have a really crappy mobile experience, you're going to take a hit. Okay. You're going to take a hit. Okay. Um, wait, there was one other question, I think. Um, um, SEO and answer one question. SEO does not make your site faster. Somebody asked that and I don't know who it was. Yeah. So, so we're just talking about rankings and getting people to you, having people find you. Um, but if your site is really slow, it can rank lower, right? Yeah, very. Yeah, that's a big impact. That's that's one of the like top five impacts of uh, why Google will, you know, crush you. Um, page speed. Don't use the Google Page Speed tool. Use the GT Metrics tool and follow their directions. They will give you specific directions on improving the speed, whether you're on WordPress or what. Um, but don't, I'm not a huge fan of the Google uh, page speed tool. Is that how uh, you spell that website? GT yes, metrics. It okay, is. That's what I thought. Yep. Okay. So, um, I'm trying to read the, you guys are doing awesome on the chat today. Um, okay. So, um, analytics, I get so overwhelmed. Uh, is it really integral to understanding analytics to using SEO? Um, yeah, because you're doing data driven, right? That's right. You're doing data driven. So, you know, I mean, if you're not look at it this way, if you're if you're not looking at the engagement, how you know if you should change something or not. Right? Also, on the blog side, okay, bounce rate doesn't mean anything on a blog because if they're up to date, they're coming and reading the latest iteration of the blog, you know, the latest blog post and leaving. So that's a bounce. That's that's defined okay. as a bounce when somebody visits one page on your website and then leaves. And also while I'm at it, please put your blog on your website. Don't blog on blogger or something like that. Fold it into your website because otherwise any authority you build on your blog is lost. Hmm. Okay. So do that, you know, bring it in, whatever that looks like, bring it inside your website and, and blog on your website, please. Okay. Okay, so let's go back to that really quick. Um, why is writing a blog so important to growing your organic SEO reach? And what kind of things do you tell clients so they can start wrapping their heads around what they should write about? 
So if you're doing websites or your company's doing that for somebody else or you're trying to help them with their marketing. Okay, I don't know, break it into two questions. Okay, I, um, the, the blog is important because that's where you're getting your links. Okay. You might get some links back to the website, but that's gonna be probably a little bit harder work than to your content, which is, like I said, that's why you put it on your website because it links back to your website and people might explore. Okay. If not just the blog, they might go to the website and look at, start looking at your services pages and stuff. Okay. And that could be, that could be internal links as well. So you could right. have like a blog oh, yeah. and like, Oh, well, that's you what I mean. Read the, that's, Okay, yeah. great. That's what I mean. You link them out. Uh, you know, say one blog post talks about one of the, the subject matter is one of the services you just so happen to offer. You link your internal link to that. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. So what would you tell people? Because you can't write the content for somebody. So they, they know I their, have, I have, I have written it. I'm okay. Actually... Well, you can, I can't, I am not going to write content for people. <laughs> so I can help them come up with ideas. And sometimes you can help them come up with ideas by doing that keyword thing that you were saying. And just that's, that's go to the, every, uh, that's why I would use Uber suggest for put okay. in, Put in your ideas and Uber suggest. And when you go down through the sidebar, um, I don't have the tool queued up, but you go down the sidebar and you can search people. And this is a good strategy. Uh, you search people that are doing this similar post to what you do. You go read the post. You find the post in the, in the results in Uber suggest. Go read the post and then do your own post and make sure it's better than theirs. You just knock it out of the park, graphics, infographics, video, whatever that looks like. Other people, especially, um, yeah, kill them. Just drive it into the ground and you know, beat beat them at their own game. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, all right. So then, um, what is? No, um, uh, Dave's asking about duplicate content. And it's, uh, it's not duplicate content. So, but you I would, about I would break it. I would break it up. I would break it up into two pieces if possible, but even, even off of those sites like medium and Quora and stuff like that, it's the intelligence is there that even if you do duplicate content, they're not necessarily going to ding you for that. Okay. That's not a guaranteed thing. Right. Okay. So, um, we'll try to go these really fast or as fast as we can. Um, what about video? I know video is a powerful medium. So I do video. Is it as powerful as written content? Much, much more, much more. Really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, much more. You know, I, I mean, three, four years ago, Google bought like three video companies just to understand video better, you know, and they already owned YouTube. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, video is much more engaging, you know, and, and, and people, like it or not, people are inherently lazy. So if I can sit back mm -hmm. and, you know, drink a drink and not have to read and squint and put my eyeglasses on or whatever that looks like, you know, if I can have something spoon fed to me, yeah, let's do that. So, you know, um, you know, there's, there's average numbers of engagement, you know, minutes of engagement for different videos. But, you know, once you sort that out, 
but if people are engaging, if, if the industry that you're in says a 20 minute video is good, but you're seeing engagement into 40 minutes, who cares what the industry standard is? You have right. to sort that out. So what about, is that something I should pay for a transcription service to do? Or do you just pay somebody to watch and listen and then do like, oh, at this time you talked about this subject and this time the subject? Uh, I'm not sure what you're asking me. So with video, do I need to transcribe it so that it, the text is there so that people could, it, Google could search it better? Uh, it's, if it's in the, you know, if it's an overlay, I, I really don't have any numbers on that. You what know, if it's uh, not an overlay? If it's, I'm asking uh, specifically if it's in the video, If it's no, in the video, there's no benefit. So it's outside of the video. Mm -hmm. It's a, it would be underneath, oh, kind of like. In the description of the video. Yeah, or, yeah, I would use. I that. guess it could be in the description of the video. Yeah, too. I would use it in the description of the video. Uh, you know, just call it out as transcript. Mm -hmm. And you know, because YouTube number one, or I'm sorry, number two search engine, number two search engine. So, and for video, you can use that same scheme I was describing before, where you type in, you know, design empathy, the letter A, mm -hmm. design empathy, the letter B. Okay, same schema because it's still real-time data. Right. It's the last thing somebody searched for after that term. Okay. So Hannah asks, is it important to have really high-quality video? I think you have to have decent video, but it's, it's, uh, it's it, you know, it's what you said. Audio is more important, right? All, if you can't understand me, we're done. You will watch a video with poor video con uh, quality and you can still piece it together. But you, if you can't hear it, it's really difficult for you to understand you're, what's going you're, on. You're done. You're yeah. done. You know, and that's the benefit of maybe having a transcription. You know, somebody could, could dive into the transcription. But then again, you're reading again, which is what you're trying to get away from possibly in the first place. Right. 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 Okay. So Hannah loves you also. She said, Brian, you need a YouTube channel. This has been so helpful. Um, so, so as long as the audio and the content is good. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I'm with Dave on that. Yeah. 51% video experience. Okay. Okay. And Dave knows. He's yeah. Dave knows video. Absolutely. He knows that. Okay. Um, Doc says, I stopped the Skillshare class last night because I had trouble understanding the speaker. The video was clean and crisp. Amen. Okay. Um, uh okay we have already covered that one we did we've done good brian okay um we're gonna skip sales funnel we'll have to do a part two um yeah. there were quite a few of the things on my website that i was not including on my site because um well there will be things there were things that i didn't include on the recharging you site that i um and we'll be changing on my other one, what I learned from. So things like drop down menus were also one of the things like this low hanging fruit. Why does that not work? Cause a lot of people use drop down menus. It's, it's a thing where it's just not the best menu schema, right? It's not, um, back in the day when it was, uh, more, yeah, everybody drink. Um, <laughs> it was more, uh, a function of JavaScript than it was CSS, but now we have CSS. So it's as a, as a functional thing, it's not so bad, but I want to keep things simple. And 
just the engagement on drop downs. Now you've introduced friction, right? Mm. You've introduced a friction where it goes into, you start drifting into Hicks law again, where too many choices paralyze people. Right. So that's what we want to, we want to get away from that. Right. It's like the services thing and stuff. You don't sell services. You don't sell products. Describe what you're doing. Yeah, you told you know? me that. Like, I need to right. just have a button that says websites. Well, so it's also, it's about niching. It goes niching. to brand, right? It right? goes yeah, to brand. It does. It goes to brand because I want to call it my brand, you know, and say, you know, Dave Co. videos or, you know, uh, you know, Amber's socks. You know, I sell socks. I sell hats. Whatever that is, you know, I mean, it's service oriented with this crew, but, you know, it's, uh, you know, break it out. You know, right. break it out. Don't don't hide it. Don't hide it behind um, Amber Love socks. <laughs> um, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's don't hide it because that's friction. You know? So it it would be better to be have less things um, and then have another menu somewhere else where people could go deeper into some of those sure. other or or use uh, use the old timey breadcrumb schema. Remember the text breadcrumbs yeah. where you went and did the, you know, so do, do that so I can get back to my root page. If I'm three deep and I want to go to the center page that I was on before, make it easy for me to get back there. That's, you know, user that's experience, the, right? Yeah. That user experience in the UI, you know, right. and you know, uh, if anybody ever sends me an email with UX slash UI on it, I'm deleting the email because they're <laughs> two different things. Yes, absolutely. User interface. I and hate that. User... I hate that. That's a pet they're... peeve of mine. And yeah, they're I will two different things. <laughs> right. Um, um, I I have a user experience with my chair or my microwave. Right. The that's... everybody's a user experience expert, right? Yes, absolutely. We've all we've all had the handheld stuff for years now. You know, iPhone came out in two thousand seven, so we all know what good UX looks like. You know. I... I just realized I didn't finish typing one of my questions. I just said, the, uh, "Answer D real quick." Uh, oh yeah, I I, I I didn't separate them. Call them out as maybe even go, you know, out of you know in context. Say user interface, you know, user experience instead of you know using the abbreviations. Even though you can use the abbreviations in the actual page content, but like people for are searching for that. For D, like some of your packaging, um, if you're helping them um, pick what the the bottle looks like or, you know what I mean? Then that's user experience. You're helping with the user experience, not just designing the, or the packaging. Or you want them to be able to read something on the packaging. That's a user experience as well because they right. need to be able to read if it has peanuts in it or something. The, the biggest thing is, you know, pay attention to your tagging, your title tag. You could put UX UI that that crappy schema of with the slash in, in your title or put it in the actual H1. Okay. H1, just so my mom knows that's a heading tag. Yeah. That's right? the main heading tag. And, you know, make your, make your content scannable with H2s and stuff. I wouldn't go any further than H3s, but yeah, it's, um, you want to, you want it to be relevant to the people that are searching for you, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, I put it in the H1, if not the title, but, you know, put your branding in the title of the page as well, right? Because you want to 
reinforce that. And that's like in that slug? No. You, no. That's your title. You just you want your title. Slug. Don't worry about slug. What about home? home? Do you say home? No. Is that in my title of that no. page? What do you call the home page? Nothing? Uh, Leave it blank? You, you call it the name of your business. Oh. That's great. Great tip. That's an easy one. I know. I love that. That's great. Okay. So um, you gave in the video that you did for me, you gave a lot of tools that people could use and that maybe these are less overwhelming, but uh, uh, so you, they can do, do you want to give them any other tools that they could go through really quickly? I'll I, have them in the underneath. I, I think that it's like I've said countless times in the last couple of months, I've been on different things. Uh, just some of the simplest tools like Excel with Screaming Frog. Uh, you know, there's some other, you know, SEM Rush, you can get some stuff, but that's a freemium thing where you can only do, use it for so many hours a day or a week, and then it stops working and you have to go back later. Um, but uh, Screaming Frog is probably one of the best free tools. You, there's a, and that's freemium as well, but the free tool will analyze 500 URLs. And most people that are here, uh, no offense, but you're not enterprise people. You have, you know, relatively small sites. So it's a good tool because you're not going to have 500 URLs unless right. you've got, you know, uh, some sort of e-commerce thing happening. Maybe, maybe. Okay. So how, if all, if people are as overwhelmed as me, right? Oh, it was called uh, screaming, screaming Frog. Screaming Frog, Dave. Okay. Like torturing a frog. But not with Dave on the end. Just no, screaming frog. <laughs> no. Um, okay. So if, if they're overwhelmed, one of the things that I asked you to do for a client for me is just give them a bid, right? Like, cause there's, right. so that thing that you did for me costs money when you do a site audit for people, mm -hmm. right? So that's the price. And then they could hire you. And one of the things that I, I was looking for, um, you were like, um, and I was really shocked at this, but this was good to know. And I love that because I know you're going to tell me the truth. If I'm looking for an SEO consultant or an agency help a client with SEO, which is what you do if anybody wants to hire Brian, he's available. Um, but what, what are some tips that you would tell someone to look out for? You told me one about... Oh, uh, well, price, depending on where you are, you're, you're going to spend you know, no less than 650 to 750 a month. Okay. So, you know, depending on where you're at, that already is daunting. Right. Mm -hmm. And an incentive to do it yourself. That's, that's the, that's the first day of DYI SEO for a lot of people. Holy crap. It's, that's expensive. You know, I can barely feed myself. Uh, and now it's 650 for SEO. Uh, the biggest thing is if anybody is guaranteeing results, Holy crap, run from that person. Because you, you know, if they're guaranteeing results, if they're if they're hiding, if they're not going to give you monthly reports hmm. on what things look like, like keyword reports, and if they aren't building uh if they aren't building a dashboard for you in, uh from Google Data Studio that's pulling information from Google Analytics to make it look good, because Google Data Studio speaks to you guys, the creatives of the world. I can put it in a donut graph. I can put it in a pie graph, whatever you need, whatever you need. I can put that in. And through the, you know, 
through the time that we're doing this, we can add and take away stuff that you, maybe there's some stuff you thought you needed to see. Now you don't. And this is the basis of please test if possible, test everything. We push that on the, on the CRO side of, of CRO? Uh, conversion rate optimization. When you do a landing page, we push that all the time, AB testing. Okay. And there's a lot of different schemas to do that with, but you can do that manually too. It's a and when pain. When you're talk, talking about a conversion, that means you're converting them to somebody who's, who's buying, right? Well, technically it's, it's a looser term where it's, they don't have to buy. They just have to engage. Like if okay. you get the, e, if you get the email address, like you, like the first part of your ladder or the first part of your funnel is free content and you're trading the free content or second part is, you know, you know, you've, you've engaged them and you're pulling them into your, your funnel. You're trading their email address for the content that you're giving. Okay. So it's free as long as you give me your email address. And then that's where you, you pull in your email drip campaigns. Okay. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that a conversion is that they, they do, they achieve the goal that you want them to achieve. Okay. And that's the same on a website, on the website side, when they click the button to email you, it's, it's a little bit more work, but every thank you page oriented to that page that they came from, and then you can track that as a goal. And that, what that tells you is that tells you what content is engaging people more to contact you. So every, every thank you page comes off another page, right? So it could be about us hyphen thank you and you customize that thank you message and you know you do that for every page and you link you let somebody contact you off every page okay off every page and that in a new get, form so then uh -huh. then you're able to track it right? right okay right you can set a goal up very easily a destination goal in uh in analytics and that tells you, okay, these three pages, we're getting a lot of conversions and these two pages were not. Mm. So you go back to those three pages and try to match the, the inflection of that content and the message of that mm. content. And you, you bring it down into those two other pages. That's data-driven SEO, right? And so um, if, if somebody's trying to, it is overwhelming to me. And so that's why we hire people like you to do right. this. Um, and this is where you can offer, if it was me, I can offer this as a service and then I just connect with you or I just send you straight to my client who's wanting to do this. Um, oh, I'd, I'd rather build the relationship to be honest. Right. I'd rather, I'd rather, you know, I'd rather build a relationship with you in the mix. Not that you have to be ever present and on every email. Right. But I'd rather build that relationship and, kind of like keep you in the loop about what's going on with that client. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, unless somebody says, oh, I don't, don't want to hear it. Because you know? really that would help me create content for them. If they right. are trying to, if I'm the designer, if I'm not maybe staying in the loop, then I, right. Right. So, okay. So it's just keeping the conversation going. Okay. That's really right. important. Yeah. Um, it, to me, it is. I, I just, you know, I, I, I like, I want to talk to everybody I know, and you can, and you, you can do. tell, I, you can tell I hate talking. So you need to take a sip. I'll say it. Um, back in the day, cause I know you're thirsty there, Brian, your lips are getting 
<laughs> okay. So we're going to wrap it up here at the end and uh, with a couple la uh, things. And I think we'll just dig into a sales page and a sales, well, sales funnel. We'll do it maybe on another call. Cause I actually feel like that's a bigger. Well, I do a lot of different funnels. I do sales. There's a sales funnel. There's a marketing funnel. There's the HubSpot flywheel. There's Russell Branson's uh, stairs that Rachel did with you. Mm -hmm. um, very similar in certain ways. Uh, I'd say the most odd one is probably the HubSpot flywheel uh, model. Okay. So, yeah. But we can talk about that in another because I think that would also help people. This is hopefully giving you guys some ideas that maybe you don't know everything your clients are searching for. Maybe you need to write content that they're more searching for if you're not going to physically go ask them. Right. And, and a good way to do that is through that Google. And some things you can use as a concept in other things too. I mean, I, 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 I use tools that will show me rankings for pay-per-click keywords and stuff and use that in SEO. Okay. So the first time you said that to me, I was like, what is this paper? What is this pay-per-click? Is this, is this, so I typed in P-A-P-E-R. I was like, oh, he always knows all these things. So P-A-P-E-R and then C-L-I-C-K. That was not what he was saying. So we're going to say no. it slow for people who are like me. Pay it's P -P it's P -P per yeah. click. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. No, no. Uh, I speak too fast. <laughs> no, I think it was funny. Um, uh, Okay, so um, my husband just asked me, did you feed the dog? And I had to answer no. Um, what? So we're going to end it with this, uh, these two questions. So what advice would you give your younger self? Oh, boy. Um, I would have probably have skipped the architecture part of my life and just gone uh, full on design or uh, a combine what ended up happening was it was a it was a side by side thing where I was freelancing for the 21 years that I was in IT infrastructure and one fed the other like left brain right brain okay mm -hmm. um, so you know that was a good thing for me but then at the you know after 21 years I just was like you know what yeah, I just, I'm going to do what I want to do now, hmm. right? It's the difference. I, I was good at IT work, but it wasn't my first love. Hmm. But it paid really, really well. Yeah. So, so one of the, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, it was just one of the qualifiers. So one of the things I love, so Doc's also a uh, preacher's kid. <laughs> Jason, I like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Doc is a preacher's kid. You were a preacher's kid. And you think this is one of the things that you had to talk to people always, even as a little oh, yeah. kid, you had to have, right? Right, right Doc? Right? You know, <laughs> I don't know if you're still in here, but. It's, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, he is. You, you're having adult conversations from when the time you're like six years old, you know? So I was telling Diana, it was like having a superpower when I got to college because I could talk to anybody. And my roommates and my college mates could only talk to each other. Hmm. And they're like, how do you do that? You know, how do you talk to anybody? And it's just like, it's just a thing. You know, you sacrifice a small part of your childhood to become an adult is in, in an exponential manner. And it just became a thing. You know, it, so. It's been a real blessing. Um, 
in a in a way, right? Because you've been able to now. You- oh, I was terribly bitter. I was terribly bitter that I missed. I missed all the cool uh, crap from my. Uh, sorry, mom. Uh, from uh, from my childhood, and that's not completely true. But uh, after the fact, it was great. You know, it was it was you know. I mean, you know, somebody needed you know beer. I was the guy that went in and talked to the old man behind the counter. <laughs> and you're like, back in the day. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so- back in the day, yo. <laughs> so. Um, so Doc says he's been told by friends that they don't understand how I can talk to anyone. So I also right. think one of the things was that um, you also had a great role model. Your dad was such a great role model of just my dad and people. my grandfather. Right, my but grandfather he was, was amazing. Really hard, like yeah. he was a hard man maybe to live with, but he you always saw him giving very giving, giving. Uh, very objective with other people with uh, with my brother and I not so much. <laughs> oh, that's so. funny. It but is true, though. Yeah. That's yes. Well, that's probably true with most parents. I think other people are like, "Oh man, your dad's so cool." Uh, not to me, maybe. Yeah. yeah not exactly. you, mom, though, right? Love right. you. My yeah. mom's here. Okay. Yeah. Okay, then what's next? Uh, what's next is uh, you know, finding people. I've changed my my ideas a little bit in the last couple of months, but you know, I want to help people. You know, I think I've always had that soft spot for creatives, whatever that is, right? Um, you know, whatever that looks like. So if, if you have, uh, you know, if you have questions and stuff, I will field questions with, you know, within a certain, you know, hopefully within a reasonable amount of time. But, uh, you know, it's, I guess the the brutal truth is is that if I help you, you reach out to me, I help you, uh, and you know we do our homework, and you have some homework to do. You need to come back to me and get back with me uh, because I'm not going to chase you down. I'm uh, that's over for me. Okay, so and if you waste my time once, and it it's you know, uh, ever long period of time, I probably won't re-engage. I'll probably but if say, they're paying for your time, they oh, can they're waste paid, your time yeah. all Oh, no, there's want, no right? wasting time there. There's, we're spending time there. We're spending can, money and we're spending time. They can but, come back yeah. to you and not do their homework all you want, right? right? You can right. encourage, encourage, right. and, encourage. And in that, that's a totally different schema. In that schema, I will chase you down, okay? I'll show up with a, a small club or a baseball <laughs> bat and – you know, smack you in the head and, and we'll have to, you know, we have to have that conversation because yeah, I mean, otherwise, you know, project management wise that could go sideways. So, yeah, but yeah, that's the qualifier, you know, but yeah. So if anybody wants to reach out, that's fine. But, uh, you know, frame it for me a little bit. (laughs) Andre says, I will hunt you down and I will find you. I will. Oops. Um, All right. So I want people to be able to get in contact with you. Do you want me to just put it in the chat underneath or is it okay if I say it out loud? It's already in the chat. I know, but is it okay if I, I will hope it's okay. I put it in the chat. That's why I gave it to you. Okay. You guys can contact him as Brian, just a regular way to spell Brian, B-R-I-A-N at Keystone. I don't know how else you would spell that, but Keystone Interactive.net. 
and <laughs> the correct way. Well, Brian, Doc's first name is Brian, also. So yeah. That's okay. Funny. But he goes by Doc. Um, so anyway, so Brian at KeystoneInteractive.net is the way to get in touch with Brian, and you can get him um, to do a site audit. He has a price for that. Um, but it sure is helpful. That's why I put my site audit on there so you guys could see how I was making mistakes so that you guys can learn learn from me. And um, there's there's good there's good information in that video too. You know, I mean, tons. you know, it's the export from Screaming Frog to Excel is a little tricky, but go at it with no fear or reach out and you know, we can we can talk about how to do that. You know. Yeah. Brian, thank you so much for giving me your time. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I love working with, with uh, you know, working on stuff like this. And, you know, uh, and that's the big thing is don't be, don't be scared to, to reach out. Okay. It's not, please don't. Yeah. Money, money is a thing, but don't, if you don't have, you know, finances and stuff, you know, we can, we can talk about different stuff and, you know, depending on the timing, but, but he wants you to do your homework. I right? do want you to do, you know, yeah. Oh my God, please set up one last thing. I'm sorry. Okay. We're over time, but one last thing, set up your accounts, Google analytics, Google search console, uh, go into Google, uh, ads. You're going to have to supply a credit card, but just don't, don't publish the, uh, campaign. Just to get to the uh, just to get to the uh, word uh, keyword planner, um, and Google My Business. Please get on Google My Business. All right, maybe yeah. I didn't get so Google Analytics. I think I did. So mm -hmm. now I have it. Google Analytics, Google Search Console, mm -hmm. Google Ads, and Google uh, My Business. Yes. All right. Maybe we'll have another show where we dig in. They're all free, even though you're putting a credit card on Google Ads. It's it's free to use the keyword tool. All those are free. Okay. Yeah. So th that's the baseline of where everybody, that's where you need to be. So. So uh, thank you so much. So next week we have Catherine Ahrensberg and Catherine is a friend of mine. She's a landscape designer, landscape architect. And you're like, what the heck are we doing with a landscape designer? But she does video content and I'm going to, I will send it to you. It'll be in your Tuesday thing. It's like a 10 minute. She has a whole series. You can watch them on Amazon prime and you can watch them on YouTube. Not going to leave that in probably. So Catherine is, has videos and she really believes in video content and you can, um, I think it's simple, honest design on YouTube. And if you search for it and it's really nice production, like she helps people with their houses and their yards or their whatever furniture, things like that. So check it out um, before you come. So you'll know what she's doing. She's also that really does Instagram stories a ton and she really believes in video content and so there is power in that. I'm just thankful, Brian, that you were here and thank you for giving us so much of your content and your knowledge and your time today. You're welcome. My All pleasure. right. We'll, we'll see you guys next week. All right. That was a great episode, but I wanted to tell everybody else about ways that they can support the podcast and how that supports them is that these are affiliate links. So I get a tiny piece of the pie when you click on these links. My favorite way to build websites is with the Elementor plugin. It works with almost any WordPress theme, making almost any theme invincible. This plugin has changed the way I've been able to design websites and it is, it's the Elementor plugin. 
where other plugins, uh, builders, like uh, visual builders have fallen short. Elementor uses common sense and it was so easy to understand and implement. I love the Elementor plugin. It has been a total game changer. Use this affiliate link to purchase the plan that's right for you. Bitly, B-I-T dot L-Y, cap slash, capital D, capital R, Elementor. Hey, forgot to tell you about Audible. I mean, I told you about Audible, but I didn't tell you how to get to Audible. Audibletrial.com slash design recharge. Audible trial you could get a free, um, you try it free for 30 days and you get one free book. And I'll see you next week. Bye, y'all. Hey, y'all. Welcome to another episode of Design Recharge. Did you know that you can join us live each week? If you, <laughs> you can join us live each week by signing up at the, at the website. Uh, hey, y'all. Did you know that you can join us live each week? Live and ask your own questions. You can always send me questions too if you want. If you sign up to be on the Design Recharge family newsletter group thing, I don't know. It's just sign up for my newsletter at rechargingyou.com slash nothing. Hmm, no. Pokers. It looks like my thing is like popping out. Look, you see this? Yeah. Oh, I'm just kidding. Anyway. I, feels like it's like popping out anyway <laughs>